Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. My background is financial, and I turn over a lot of things to God, and finances was the hardest thing because my brain is saying finance is the bank account, and that's just the way my discipline was. And it was the hardest thing to turn over to God to run. God is always faithful, mm-hmm. and you know what? If you're struggling with finances, um, I get that, but you know what? You have to make that leap of faith, and until you do, He can't trust you with more. And um, you start with that little thing and you watch how God will bless your life. It will happen in the strangest of ways. And the building is one thing, but it's a new way of life and a new way of thinking. And I really think the word stretch is appropriate for our church. It's uh, reaching beyond. It's God draws this line in the sand and he always is on the other side. He never is on your side. He's always stretching you. In regards to um, giving for the first time and this concept of giving, um, of your hard-earned cash. It's like, how do I part with this money? Uh, I want to be a joyful giver. I want to be someone who gives. How do I do that? And the answer, the simple answer for us was um, to step out in faith and just do it. Um, you know, start with a little bit. And um, the truth is that you're not just giving to a building fund. You're not just giving to the pastor's salary. This is about a mission in the city of Peterborough um, to reach people who are far from Christ and to, and to bring the gospel of, of Jesus to the masses because um, that is the ultimate gift. You know, if you're wondering about this program and stretch, um, I encourage you, come out and join us on the teardown. And let's forget about the building. I guarantee you, you come out to teardown for a few times and then you see how many people we have, you're going to see why we need to stretch and look for a building. Because there's going to come a time, if we miss this uh, moment uh, that God's put before us, um, we're going to lose out of it. And I think we're sowing into fertile ground. And um, I think you see that every week. We knew that we had to be faithful givers. And also, we do it joyfully because... It's a good thing to be joyful, to be a blessing to others. And that's what we feel that um, Pathway is accomplishing is, uh, you know, this mission of reaching people who are far from God. And that does take financial resources. We're just so thankful to be a part of that. Morning, everybody. My name's Nathan, and I get the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Pathway Church. I'm excited about the season that we're in and about this time, as you, as you just saw in the video, uh, we are in the midst of a process and a campaign where we're trying to raise some money. Um, the four-week series that we're in the middle of, and again, if you weren't here with us last week, let me just take a few minutes to catch you up to speed. Last Sunday, we began a four-week message series called Stretch, and this four-week message series is leading us into a two-year faith and generosity campaign called Stretch. The theme verse for our campaign is up on the screen behind you. In Isaiah 54, verse 2, uh, God speaks to the nation of Israel through a prophet by the name of Isaiah. And here are the words that he gives to his people. He says, Enlarge, stretch out the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. What God is saying to his people is, I want you to do something with what you currently have in preparation for what I'm about to do. And this stretch series and this stretch campaign that we're kicking off really is uh, a season and a window of time where we as a church, both individually and collectively, 
are stretching out what we have in preparation for what God is going to do. Our goal in Stretch is to raise the level of generosity and giving in our church, and in doing so over these next couple of years to set aside resources so that we can pursue a space to call home, a space that we can operate out of 24-7, not just on the weekends, a, a space that we believe will lift the limits and allow us to reach even more people. I said this last week, and I'll keep saying it each week, that this is really a people campaign and not a building campaign. And while we need a building, and a building is a really important tool that we're aspiring to have, we don't want that to be the goal. We've always been about reaching people, and this is just a tool that we need. It's an important tool, but it's something that we need to continue to move forward. So if you weren't here last week, um, I spent 30 minutes really explaining the whys and hows of the stretch campaign. So I'm not going to do that today, because I really want to preach. And so... um, we got awkward there for a second. Um, if you weren't here, you can go to our website. You can watch my message last week where I explained the whys and hows of the campaign. If you didn't grab one of these on the way in, please make sure you get one of these uh, brochures. Uh, we spent a lot of time putting information in here so you can know all about what's going on. Essentially, what we're trying to do is our, um, our projected giving as a church. Over the next two years, what we would expect to come in in total donations for the next two years to operate everything that we need to do is about $1.15 million. And we want to stretch that amount over the next two years to $1.75. And in doing so, we'll be able to set aside $600,000 that will allow us to move towards a space in the future. And so that's the goal. How we're going to do it, and just quickly, is, is through these commitment cards. Um, now, hopefully, you can grab one of these today. I think they're at the giving table, the welcome table, the front lobby, every, pretty much anywhere you go. Make sure they're in the bathroom. Uh, no, we want to have these around. We want you to be able to grab, grab these, and we're not asking you to fill this out right now, but these cards, this is where the heart work of this whole process comes into play. As you look at the card, there's a spot to kind of write down what you are currently giving, how you're being generous, and then maybe what God's calling you to stretch and expand, maybe a one-time gift and all of that. But it's through this process of, of just saying, God, um, what would you have me to do to be part of this? this? This is where the heart work comes in, and I know because... Um, my wife and I have already been walking through this process and, and doing the heart work, and, and many of the leaders of our church have already started interacting with these cards. And so we're asking people to prayerfully consider. We want to give you time. So you can go ahead and grab these. Uh, we're not actually going to fill these out or hand these in until two Sundays from now on November 4th. We're going to prayerfully fill these out and commit them to God and just see where we're at. I personally believe that if every individual spends the time um, to ask God how they're to participate that will either meet or even exceed the goal that we have before us. And so um, excited about the, the future and what is coming. There's no doubt, though, that this process will be a stretch. So now I get to preach. Would you guys mind just standing with me for just a moment? I'm going to run you through a very quick exercise. What I want you to do, okay, I'm going to ask at the count of three, we're all going to raise our right arm straight in the air. And if we do it together, it's less awkward. All right. So one, two, three, right arm straight up in the air. Now what I want you to do is to reach as high as you possibly can. I mean, really reach, up high, high, high. And now hold that. Now I want you to see if you can get another half an inch. Come on, really? I see a few heads shaking. That means you're doing it right. All right, go ahead and uh, give someone a high five and take a seat. Thanks for playing along. <laughs> now, for those, of you, for those of you that actually participated, you know, for real, I saw you out there. For those of you that really, I mean, you pushed beyond, um, what you just experienced is called a stretch. And a stretch can be defined simply as reaching or extending beyond your normal limits. That's what a stretch is. 
There's the normal limits that you operate in, and then stretching is going beyond those normal limits. You know, I mentioned this last week, but if there was a secret to the growth and the success that we've seen here at Pathway Church, obviously it's God, but if there was something that we were doing as a church that helped to further uh, the mission that we have, it would be this thing, that we as individuals and together continue to stretch beyond our limits. We keep pushing the boundaries. The people of this church have always been willing to stretch beyond themselves, to make space, to serve, to give, um, to increase our reach even beyond the limits. That really was the foundation of our church. You know, I was, I was talking to a pastor this week, a friend of mine, and we were just sharing the stories of how the churches that we lead came in to be. And as we were talking, I made this statement. I said, you know, the first two years was really hard. And I said to him, I said, I don't think I could do those two years again. Now, to add some context to that, um, when Pathway Church launched in September of 2010, I was working full-time running a business. I had 10 to 12 employees full-time working under me. September, when we launched, was the, the lead into the very busy season for us as a construction trade. And I remember working 50, 55 hours a week trying to run the business, keep those wheels turning, and then spending my nights and weekends writing sermons, you know, updating the website, filing for charitable status. I mean, it was just ridiculous, the hours that went into that. And it wasn't just myself that was stretching. My wife, um, to give you a sense of how crazy the season was for us, um, three Sundays after, three weeks after the church launched, she gave birth to our fourth child. We had four kids under the age of seven. I think the week after, I mean, the very same week she gave birth, she was back in here serving in in many departments. And so we were stretching. Okay, safe to say my wife is not the only one with stretch marks. We have (laughs) stretch, me too, okay, different kind. I didn't come out quite as I had hoped. Uh, But it wasn't just us, okay? I, I say that, you're like, oh, pastor's so amazing. It wasn't just us. Right? There were people around us, our, our team, and people that have joined our church since that time, all the way along. There were people stretching and stretching and stretching beyond their limits, stretching beyond their limits to make this possible. And what makes this continue to be possible is people stretching beyond their limits, reaching just a little further, a little further for someone else. There are a lot of benefits to stretching, all right? Um, some of the benefits of stretching physically are increased range of motion, right? The more you stretch, the more motion, increased range you have, increased blood flow to your muscles and joints, all right? Decreases the likelihood of injury when you stretch, right? But the bottom line is simply this, that when we stretch, it increases our capacity. I mean, if I try to touch my toes, I can just barely touch them. But if I were to stretch daily, 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 eventually I'd be able to put my palms and my hands right on the floor because the muscles would would lengthen. My capacity would increase. That's what stretching does. And it's not just physical. When we stretch in other areas, we increase our capacity. For example, when you stretch your heart and forgive someone who doesn't deserve it, you know what happens? Every time you do that, you're increasing your capacity to forgive. Every time you love someone who doesn't deserve to be loved, and you're like, this is hard. I'm getting stretch marks. Yeah, yeah. When you're loving that person, and you're stretching beyond your limits, guess what happens? Your ability to love increases. And this is true of generosity. There are people in our church who give at levels that other people in the church would be like, I could never do that. They didn't just end up there. They took steps and stretched in their generosity, and over time, their capacity to give increased and increased and increased as they stretched themselves. And so stretching increases our capacity. 
So if that's true, there are all these benefits to stretching. Why don't we all do it more? Simple. It's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's downright painful. People don't like stretching. This is true. So there's always somebody in the crowd. I love stretching. No, you don't. No, I really do. You're weird. Okay? We love the benefits of stretching, but nobody loves stretching. Nobody loves like, for, for 10 minutes. The, nobody loves that. But, but it's in doing that that our capacity in all these things continues to increase. Now, when I think back to those early years and how much of a stretch it was for our family and for some of the families in our launch team, and, and over the years as people have stretched in this church, when I think about why we were willing to do that, why we gave so much of ourselves in those early years um, to make this possible, you know, you know what it comes down to? I was thinking about this. We were stretching for someone. There were names, and there were faces, and there were families that we had in our mind and in our prayers. There were people that we hoped would somehow come to know a loving Heavenly Father because of what we were doing here. That, that was what, it wasn't, it wasn't ever about a building, it was about reaching people, and it was about what God would do in people's lives. And so, so as we start this campaign, and yes, we're talking about money, and I know that's awkward and it's difficult, and we're going to need to stretch together, and I know that that will cost us something, and I know that it will stretch us in ways, but I want it to be about people, and I've got some volunteers, I think, somewhere, they're going to be handing out some prayer cards, so if you guys can go ahead and just start passing those out. What I want to do is we begin this process over the next three weeks as we head towards this, this uh, commitment Sunday that we have coming on November 4th. I want us to be prayerful. I think anything like this, as we're stretching uh, for the future and stretching for what God has for us, I want us to do it prayerfully. So what you have in your hands as these are being handed out are these little uh, wallet-sized prayer cards. And on them you'll see, yeah, that would be great, thank you. On these little cards you're going to see a stretch logo and three lines. And essentially what I'd love for you to do, and this is a tool that you can use, is I'd love for you to write down three names of individuals or families that you'll be praying for. Maybe there are people that God's putting on your heart that you, you, just, you just know they just need to experience God's love. Uh, you want to see um, the, the Christian faith shared with them or for God to move in their lives in some special way. And so I want you to be able to write these down. You can stick it on a mirror in your bathroom so you remember to pray each day. You can put it in your car so you can pray while you're driving. You can put it in your wallet so you can see it every time you're reaching for your credit card. But I want you to, I want you to write those names down because I want us to be stretching for some one for someone because it's when the stretch gets hard and it's like why am I doing this it it should be for someone as a as a parent I can tell you this I have stretched for my children in ways that I would never stretch for myself some of you with kids know what I'm talking about I buy things for my kids that I would never buy for myself my kids have better hockey equipment than I do right I'm willing to stretch it's amazing how far we're willing to go for love and so I want us to be about people, and I want us to begin praying. And so you can have those cards, and you take them home, and I hope that you'll interact with those and fill those out and be praying for those people in the days and weeks ahead. So here's what I want to do today. As we open the Word of God and we talk, um, I want to share with you one of the ways, in fact, I think one of the primary ways that God will answer those prayers. And we usually plan our services, but I had no idea exactly how that was all going to work with the worship and the prayer, but it was a perfect setup for what I need to say today, which is exciting for me. I want to talk to you and show you how God will answer our prayers. 
And to do so, I'm going to go to uh, Exodus. So let me give you a bit of the backstory, and then we're going to jump into a text that's found in the book of Exodus. God calls a man by the name of Abraham. And he says to Abraham that I'm going to give you descendants, a nation, a people, and those people will have a land along the Mediterranean Sea. There's this strip of land that you can see today. It's called Israel. God promises that land to Abraham and his descendants. And if you track through the story of the patriarchs in the book of Genesis, you'll find Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and he has 12 sons. And those 12 sons, they all end up in Egypt during a famine. And it's in Egypt that the family grows and becomes a great nation. Now, of course, as they multiply and become great in number, the Egyptians begin to be concerned that they're going to take this place over. So they enslave the nation of Israel, God's people. And then, as the people are praying for God to save them, God raises up a man by the name of Moses. And Moses' life is in jeopardy. Anytime God is doing something, Satan tries to snuff it out. And so this baby Moses, they put him in a basket to save his life, and they send him down the Nile River that's full of crocodiles, and they send him down the river, it's true, and and this basket kind of floats into the area where um, Pharaoh's, I think his daughter or sister, is bathing, and she decides to take this baby and to raise this baby as her own. So Moses is raised as an Egyptian in the court of Pharaoh. Later on in life, he he comes to know that he's not actually Egyptian, but that he is an Israelite, and his people are, are bound and whipped and abused, and he tries to save the people in his own strength. He actually kills an Egyptian, and because of that, he flees for his life and ends up living in the wilderness, shepherding sheep. So at around the age of 80, a failure in many people's eyes, uh, Moses is out with his staff, because shepherds always have a staff, He's out with his staff, he's tending sheep, an older man, about 80 years old, and he sees a burning bush. And he approaches it, because it's weird that the bush isn't consumed. And out of the burning bush, God speaks to him, and they begin this dialogue that I want us to look at. And I'm going here because I want you to see how God will work and answer our prayers. Here's how it goes. Exodus chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. Then the Lord said, I have surely, notice these words, seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, and I know their suffering. Isn't it good to know that God sees, and he hears our prayers, and he knows our suffering? Sometimes when we're going through difficulties, it's very easy for us to believe that God doesn't see, he doesn't know, and he doesn't uh, care. It is so easy to believe that because it seems like he's absent. And God assures Moses, he says, look, Moses, I see, I hear, and I know exactly what's going on. Keep in mind, Moses' family were all still in Egypt. Imagine if you were here in Canada and your family were in some place where they were enslaved and abused. You'd be thinking about them daily. My cousins and my parents and my sisters and my brothers in bondage. And so Moses, no doubt, was praying daily, going, God, when will you save your people? When will you keep your promise to Abraham? When will you deliver them? And it's pretty cool that in the next verse, God tells him that's exactly what I've come to do. Verse 8, God says to Moses, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. God says, hey, Moses, you know how you've been praying for your family in Egypt? Yeah, yeah, I'm about to do something. Ooh, that's exciting, isn't it, when God's about to do something? 
Why don't you just tell somebody near you, give them a little poke, say, God's about to do something. Go ahead, tell them. You're not convinced? God's about to do something. That's, that's exciting. Moses is like, whoa, God's about to do something. And immediately, I have to imagine that his mind is going where yours would go. How's he going to do it? How is God going to turn my marriage around? Hmm? How's God going to get a hold of my rebellious teenager? How is God going to get through to my thick-headed mother? Just let that hang out there for a second, right? <laughs> How's God going to turn this financial situation around? How's God going to get our church into a building? How's God going to reach the city? How's God going to feed all the hungry? Like, how's God going to do it? We're all sitting back going, God said he's going to do something. How is he going to do it? It's a great question. We're going to find the answer in verse 10. God says to Moses, come, I'll send you. <laughs> Awkward. I'll send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses is like, whoa, I thought you said you just came down to take them from here to there. You said you were going to do it. God's like, yeah, I said that. <laughs> For a second there, it sounded like you were sending me. God's like, I am. But I thought you were going to do it. I am. But God's like, I'm going to do it through you. And this is a concept that we need to stop and think about. God says, I'm going to do this amazing thing. I'm going to answer your prayers, and I'm going to answer them through you. Wow. Um, I thought about titling this message, Be Careful What You Pray For. (laughs) Because of this truth that God will often answer your prayers or someone else's prayers through you. He'll send you as the answer to your or someone else's prayers. And then it's a little scarier as we pray and ask God to do these things. See, we always want God to do something for us. Right? God, would you do this for me? Would you do this for our city? God, would you do this for the world? And God actually says, no, actually what I'm interested in is doing something through you. Well, but God, I'd prefer if you did it for me. And he's like, yeah, I'll do it for you, but I'm going to do it through you. Yeah, well, I'm not comfortable with that. Because I want you to do it for me. And he's like, no, 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 no. Trust me, it's better if I do it through you. It's easy to pray, God, change my husband. And I know there are many of those prayers going up in our church on a weekly basis. God, change my husband. But what if God wants to change your husband through you? What if God wants to change your circumstance by changing something in you? By you acting and moving and doing something in obedience to him that changes the... See, God answers our prayers very often through us. And this is an incredible concept as we begin to think about it. God, would you feed all the hungry people in our city? That's easy to throw that one up. Just, hey, God, there's thousands of people hungry. Throw it up there. Take care of that. Would you do that for us? God's like, yeah, I'll answer that prayer through you. God, there are people. I know people, and, and they are so depressed, and all they just they need a hug. God, would you somehow go spiritually, you know, Holy Spirit, go anywhere, and just give them a metaphysical warmth on the inside, just so, give them a spiritual hug, God, and he's like, sure, I'll give them a hug through you. I'm not a hugger, right? Some of you say, I can't do that. That's not my thing. Honestly, there are huggers and not huggers. You know who you are. 
Honestly, how many of you in this room, put up your hand, just honestly say, I'm a hugger. I love, I love to hug, yeah. See a bunch of hands going up. Okay, how many of you are not huggers and you're okay to, to own that? Okay, just hold those hands up for just a second. I'm just going to snap a picture of that. Because I'm a hugger and often I lean in, you know, I'll be like, hey, how's it going? I lean in and it's, uh, it's a wall, you know. And so I figure anyone who didn't raise their hand to say I'm not a hugger is fair game from this point forward. Here's the thing, though. We immediately, when God says, oh, yeah, I'm going to answer your prayer, but I'm going to do it through you, we instantly begin to put up walls. We begin to come up with all the reasons why God can't use us, why we're the wrong person, why we don't have what it takes. And that's exactly what Moses does. God shares the whole plan with Moses, and and here's what Moses says in chapter 4, verse 1. Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. He says, God, whatever you're, you're planning to send me in answer to mine and other people's prayers, he's like, it won't work. This is called the big pushback. Whenever God asks us to do something, there's always this pushback. We're always like, no, nope, can't be me. Wrong time. I don't have the resources. And we push back against it. We focus on what we don't have. We focus on what we don't have. We push back and say, I don't have the gifts, the ability, the time, the resources. I can't do what it is you're asking me to do. We push back because we focus on what we don't have. But here's what God wants to do. God always works through what we do have. He works through what we do have. Notice the next verse, Exodus 4, verse 2. The Lord says to him, to Moses, what's that in your hand? Moses answers, it's a staff. Shepherds always had a staff. It's like American Express. You don't leave home without it, right? I'm sure Moses being a shepherd, I mean, no matter where he went, some of you didn't even get that, um, no matter where he went, he would have had his staff. I mean, like, it's like us with our cell phones. Going anywhere without my cell phone. You wake up in the morning, it's still dark, and you're like, oh, oh, that's my wife. Where's my phone? You know, get the phone. Make sure the phone's with you in case somebody wants to interrupt you again. You got to have that phone. And so you got your phone. The shepherd would have had their staff everywhere they went. I mean, this was just a normal thing. Every shepherd had his staff. He'd walk around with the stick. God's like, I'm going to do this. Moses says, no, it won't work. God says, what you got in your hand? This? That's a staff. God always uses what we already have in our hands. There's this cool story in the New Testament where, where Jesus is preaching to a crowd of thousands. Imagine the Peterborough Memorial Center full of people who are hungry, getting hangry, because there's no food, and, and all of the uh, vending machines are empty. And the, I mean, there's nothing to eat. And the people, the crowd are stirring, and the disciples come to Jesus, and they're like, Jesus, what do we do? The people are hungry. There's nowhere to send them. And Jesus says, what do you have? Oh, we've got a little boy's lunch that was donated. A few loaves, a few fish. What does Jesus say? I can use that. Whatever you got, I'll use it. He says, Moses, what's that in your hand? He says, this is a staff. He says, yeah, we'll work with that. And so he instructs Moses. He says, I want you to take the staff. I want you to throw it on the ground. So he... He throws that staff on the ground, and it becomes a serpent. Not some gardener snake or milk snake, like a viper. Moses is a shepherd in the mountains. I mean, he's seen some snakes, and whatever kind of snake this was, it scared him. So Moses ran from it like any logical person would do. And then uh, God says to him, hey, look, Moses, I want you to uh, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. I'm not certain whether grabbing you know, a viper by the tail is the right idea. 
But he does it, and he grabs it by the tail, and that serpent becomes a staff again. That's pretty cool. Heart rate is starting to come down. If I'm Moses, I'm like, I can't wait to show my wife and kids this in our tent tonight. You know, check this out. Um, <laughs> but he's, God's like, I will take this common thing that you've been carrying around for years, and I'm going to use it to accomplish my purpose, if you'll surrender it to me. And that very same thing that is common that all of us have, he says, if, if it's mishandled, can be lethal. Do you know that the time you have, the money you have, the relationships you have are extremely valuable? We all have them. We take them for granted. If they're mishandled, it can be death to us. Have, have you seen people destroy their lives by mishandling their money, their power, their relationships? And so the very same thing that we just, oh, that's just my stuff. That's just my opportunities. That's just what I have if surrendered to God, can accomplish his purposes. If mishandled, can destroy us. God says, what's that in your hand? He goes, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's just my staff. And so God does a miracle with it. God gives him two more signs. It's like, okay, Moses, if that's not enough, put your hand in your coat, take it out, and it's covered in leprosy. Put it back in, comes out clean. Wow, that's cool. Pour some water on the ground. He pours the water on the ground. It turns to blood. God says, well, I'm paraphrasing. That'll about do it. Like, people will believe if you take these miracles that I've just given you and you go and show them, people will listen. You think Moses is convinced? Not a chance. And so, um, Moses says this in verse 10. Moses says to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, either in the past or since you've spoken to your servant, but I'm slow in speech and tongue. I'm not a good talker. I'm not eloquent. I'm not the right guy. I don't have the gifts to go and stand in front of Pharaoh and, and tell him, let my people go. See, it loses some of its emphasis when you stutter. And Moses is like, I can't do this. And the Lord says to him, who's made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth to teach you what you shall speak. God says, I'm asking you, Moses, to do something that's beyond you. Because if it's beyond you, then you'll need to depend on me. See, this is why stretching is so important. When we stretch our faith, we get beyond our limitations, and all of a sudden we have to depend on God. Because here's the thing. If I can do it in my own strength or ability or resources, guess what I'll do? I'll do it in my own strength, ability, or resources. It's only when God asks me to do something that's beyond me that my faith truly begins to engage with the process And I love this. Moses responds. Again, God is just like trying so hard to get this guy on the same page. Exodus 4.13. But he said, oh, Lord, please send someone else. I would argue that if you're really hearing the voice of God, there will be moments in your life when you say these very words. Please send someone else. God says, hey, I want you to do this. (laughs) Whoa. That's outside of my comfort zone. Send someone else, Lord. You've got the wrong guy. You've got the wrong girl. God will ask us to do things that are beyond us, and it requires us to stretch our faith. And he says, please, Lord, send someone else. He asks us to do what we cannot do without him. And the response is, God, I can't do it. And God's like, exactly. You're right in the spot. I need you to be in. So if God answers our prayers, oftentimes through us, using what he already has placed in our hands, then what does it mean for us to be praying 
for these individuals, for our city, for God to do, to do something in our city. I, I want to show you one more text as I begin to wrap things up. In Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus is, is sending his disciples out. And he's sending them out to tell people that the Messiah, the Savior of the world, has come. That there is hope, that there is freedom in him that God has revealed himself to us. And he's sending them out with this message. And here's what he says in Luke 10, verse 2. He tells them how to pray. And since we're kicking off this campaign with prayer, we ought to pay attention. And he says to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He's not talking about wheat or corn. He's talking about people. God is always most interested in people. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, he says, and he's going to tell us what to pray for. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus says, you know what I want you praying for? I want you to pray that God would send people to reach people. Oh, I I want you to pray that people would hear my voice and go out and share the love of God with other people. Pray that people would go and reach more people. That's what I want you to pray for. Oh, really? You don't want us praying for a massive building? Sears? No. Pray for people. That, that God would, would stir the hearts of people to go and reach and share the love of God with people. That is the mission. And he's like, here's what I want you to pray for. Pray, and that's easy. Oh, God, just send people out. Send people to go reach people. God, there are, there are fr- I have friends in, in high school or grade school, and I would just love them to know about God. Guess who he's sending? <laughs> you. Hey, there's people I work with, and I just want them to experience the love of God. It's like, oh, perfect. I can answer that prayer. Got somebody in mind. Because he's going to answer our prayers through us. Notice what Jesus says next. He says, here, pray for people that will reach people. And notice the next verse. This shouldn't surprise anybody. Go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. It's going to be hard. In fact, what I'm sending you to do, you can't do without me. But make no mistake. I'm sending you. I will, I'm asking you to pray that God would send people to reach people. And guess who I'm sending? You. And so what I want to do as we close, I want to challenge you. Um, take this seriously. Are there names of people, family, friends, coworkers that you can write down on these cards? Put them somewhere where you're praying. Having people in mind that you would love to see God touch their life. But know this as you do so. That God will very, very likely send you. And you may say, well, I'm not equipped. He'll use whatever you got. Don't worry about it. But he'll send you and he'll send me in answer to our prayers. So today I want to challenge you to do one thing. As you're praying through these cards, I want to challenge you to add two words to the end of your prayer that I believe will change your life. And the words are simply this, through me. So when you say, God, would you feed hungry people in our city? That's a good prayer. That's an excellent prayer. But when you add the words through me to the end, it changes everything. God, would you do a work in my husband or wife or my family? And then you add the words through me to the end, it changes everything. God, would you help us to, to get a building through me? Would you help us to reach our community and make a difference through me? It's us engaging. And here's the thing. The moment you add those words to the end of the prayer, you're going to end up in some moments where you're like, God, send somebody else. Because this is stretching me. I don't like this. This is uncomfortable for me. It's supposed to be. 
God, would you do this? Would you do your work through me? Because when you pray this way, when you say, God, would you do it through me? All of a sudden, now you have to have eyes that are open and going, God, what are you showing me? You have to have ears that are listening, saying, God, what are you speaking to me that you want me to do? You have to have a heart that is open to say, God, whatever I have doesn't look like much. That God, somehow you can use it to make a difference. This is the amazing, the amazing way that our prayer life can change when we add these simple words through me. So before we go, uh, before we leave today, I'm going to close in prayer. But before we go, I want you to know in the lobby, we have a giant map. I don't know if some of you saw it on the way in. We have a giant map near the exit doors. And uh, we've got um, some black pins. And we want you to put a map pin on the map wherever your home is. And we want you to be praying for the people in your neighborhood. And we want to be able to see how God has, has stretched us out all over our community. Uh, how our church is, is spread abroad throughout Peterborough and the surrounding area. And I will say this, if your house happens to be outside the borders of our map, just put your pin right near the border in the direction of your home. And we're going to be kicking off this uh, campaign by really praying and thinking about the people that God would have us reach. He's got us on a mission together, and uh, it's exciting to be part of this. So would you join me as we pray? Father, thank you for this uh, example we have in Moses. Lord, it's, uh, it's challenging to know that when we pray for the people we care about, when we pray for a community, that God, somehow you would answer those prayers by sending us. And Lord, we feel unqualified, and we often feel as though we don't have anything to give, any way to help, and yet, God, you promise to use whatever you've given us, and you've promised to work through us, and you always do. And so, God, I pray for each person in this place that we, uh, our hearts would just break for others who maybe don't know you, for a community that needs help and support. And God, that as our hearts break, you would send us out in response to be part of the answer of the prayers that we and others are praying. God, thank you for this opportunity that we have in this season of stretching. God, you're asking us to stretch. and We want to open our hearts and our arms wide. Father, if there's anyone in this place who's never... Um, received you, has never made you the Lord of their life, I pray that they would do so today. God, thank you that you love the world so much that you gave your only son, and you send us out into the world to do the same. Thank you for this opportunity, and thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. We'll see you next week.